0: It's Tuesday, March 27th. Is it accurate to say that opening day is tomorrow? Do you feel good saying that?
1: I, I feel a little weird about it. Yeah, me too. I feel too. a little dirty.
0: <laughs> right? It's like <laughs> technically opening day is tomorrow, but a lot of fantasy owners are not even counting tomorrow and uh, Thursday's games. Oakland and Seattle playing in Japan. Welcome to the CBSSports.com fantasy baseball podcast. Adam Azer, Scott White, and Al Melchior. What's up, Al?
2: Yeah, well I'm just ready for tomorrow's opening day. <laughs> you gonna watch the games? Uh you know, well they're on at uh, our time zone, I think it's six. Yeah, six that's AM, right. something like that. You know, I probably I can catch a little bit of that in yeah, the morning. I I'll watch it. No, are they, all of it. Are they
1: airing nationally? I couldn't, oh, that's another I couldn't good find question. it at six. I I found it at nine uh-huh. as like a replay. We're talking eastern time zone here. Interesting. Well yeah, it's I not was, on I was live. a little perturbed. I had a discussion with my cable company on the way over. Really? Yeah.
0: Why wouldn't they air it live? It's disappointing. I
1: don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I, don't, you well, know, I, I shouldn't throw that out there without being 100% <laughs> sure. But, um, well, you already yelled at your cable company. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, you can do that without yeah. being 100% sure. <laughs> Why not? There's,
0: there's always you. some reason to. <laughs> right, t- uh, go ahead, Al. Yeah, I was just
2: going to say, I think I can get it on my phone. So I've just got to be careful not to watch the game while I'm driving.
0: Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Or get someone to drive you. Today's show, we're going to continue reviewing a recent Roto Draft. We did the first five rounds yesterday. We'll go a little bit further today. We're going to look at Scott's injury risk sleepers, in case you haven't drafted yet. And it's uh, always worthwhile talking about these guys. Update you on some injuries and position battles. Seattle and Oakland, there is a lot to talk about there. And we've been doing... Five players at different positions that we haven't really talked too much about. Today we're going to look at five third basemen that should be saved for later rounds. Follow us on Twitter at Al Melk CBS, Al CBS, at CBS Scott White, at Adam Azer, A I Z E R, at Nando CBS, at CBS Fantasy Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy Baseball, and fantasy baseball at CBS com is our email address. Put podcast in the subject line. Well, the season starts tomorrow. The podcast league starts tonight. We get drafting tonight at 8.30 Eastern. Three of us, Nando, and eight listeners in a 12-team head-to-head points league. Okay. Nando, somehow, he's the newest here, and he ended up with the first pick. So he's lucky. Although, actually, I consider myself the luckiest because I have the third pick. That's exactly where I want to be. I want one of those, in my mind, those big three Cabrera, Pujols, Bautista. I'd love to end up with Bautista, whoever's drafting second. I know you're listening right now, so keep that in mind. Um, there's a team named Melchior Cabrera. I like it. Which is fourth, but that's not you, Al. No, that's not my team, but I like the name. It's a funny name. And Al is sixth, and Scott is ninth. So I'm third, Scott is or Al's sixth, and Scott's ninth. All right, Al, you've got, the, you've got the money spot. One of the money spots, sixth overall. That's a, For me, it's a perfect spot. Because, you know,
2: you're not waiting too long uh, between picks, and you're not on the bookends at the end of the first round when you've missed out on the big guys. To me, the real drop-off occurs after number six. So, for, so I, I, feel, like luck- I feel, like, there, huh? feel like I'm the luckiest guy in the podcast league.
0: <laughs> and, Scott, you have the ninth pick. I
1: don't like being outside the top six. <laughs> I, I You know, I didn't have to have six, but I would have liked somewhere in that range. Nine to me is, Yeah at least I get one of the better second rounders cause there is a drop off midway through the second round. I feel like, um, but you know, let me was, ask
0: you this guys, who do you take seventh?
1: In, in head for, to matter for either
0: of us. In head to others. head,
1: I take Joey Votto. So I probably ruining my chances of getting Joey Votto ninth. Nah, in,
0: these, these it,
1: podcast listeners, they're independent thinkers at this point. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see Adam Azer. I'm not counting on getting any of my sleepers though. Um, in Roto, I would go Ellsbury, 7th. Okay, Al? Actually, I agree with both of those. Uh, so
2: in this head-to-head league, I'd be going Votto.
0: Well, then you know what? I agree with it, too. So <laughs> whoever's drafting 7th, we've just made your your life a lot easier. Let's start with the uh, Seattle-Oakland games. So it's interesting what's happening here. They're They're playing. All right. All right, it's a little confusing. So if you are in your league counting these games, then week one is about a week and a half long, but there aren't a week and a half worth, worth of games. A week and a half's worth of games. So McCarthy and Cologne are pitching for the A's out in Japan, and they're actually going to be two-star pitchers in week one. Felix Hernandez and Jason Vargas are pitching for the Mariners, and we know that Felix Hernandez will be a two-star pitcher So, in week one because he'll pitch next week as well. We don't know that about Vargas. So it looks like these four guys, at least three of them, are going to be the only two star pitchers in week 1, right?
1: That's correct. So start them. And then yeah, start them for sure. And then uh any fourth or fifth starters, uh there's a few other teams that have four games this week. Uh but any fourth or fifth starters for the most part aren't going to get any starts at all. So you need to pay attention to how those rotations line up when you set your own lineup. Are there any hitters we need to know about for these teams? Scott, well, you wrote I, about this yesterday. Yeah, I think um, being that the Mar- seeing that the Mariners and the Athletics are two of six teams playing four games, I mean, the difference between four games and three games is enough that if you're borderline on a guy, you go with the four-game guy. Some borderline guys in this series, Jamil Weeks, Kurt Suzuki, um, I, I don't know that anybody would see Jesus Montero as a borderline guy, but he's he's a guy I like a lot this week Dustin Ackley kind of in that same category I don't know that I in a standard mixed league I'd go as far down as like the Justin Smokes of the world or Yoannis Suspedes considering yeah. he's going to be going against Felix Hernandez twice I don't think I'd go for him that's uh, a good point but but uh there's definitely some relevant fantasy hitters on these two light hitting teams Hey, how about Brandon Allen, by the way? He will be Oakland's opening day first baseman.
0: What are your thoughts on him, Al? I think it's long overdue. I mean, this is a guy who has looked really
2: great in the minors. I recall talking about him a lot last season when we felt like he didn't really get enough of a chance. And uh, hopefully he can... uh, Get out of the gate quickly, and uh, I don't think his competition is really the stiffest, so I don't see any reason oh. why
1: we'd have to worry too much about Al Allen. Not stiff competition, but there is competition because Kila Kaihue who has three homers in his last eight spring games, I think, is also going to be on the roster, and um, I think so. I think getting uh, it's going to be vital for Allen to get off to a good start, or else they're going to start trying other options there. They still have Derek Barton around, too, whatever he's worth. Isn't it amazing how many times we've mentioned Keila Kaiahui? It is. I, <laughs> I'm getting seems, tired of saying it. it just I,
0: seems to make his way out to every
1: show. <laughs> I, I hoped I wouldn't have to say it anymore when the Royals sent him down early last season. Sorry, I, buddy. But he keeps popping up again. Well, it's better to say it than to spell it. So,
0: And I think I'm no, finally I, getting enough practice with that.
1: I, I, I think I got the spelling part down. The saying is harder for me.
0: <laughs> uh, is... Uh, Is Brandon Allen a mixed-league guy, or is he an AL-only guy?
2: I would say AL-only. I think he does have some mixed-league potential, but we've got to see it first. Do you definitely like Mark Trumbo over him? I do not, because at this point, Allen does have a starting job, and Mark Trumbo, it appears, does not. And uh, I actually like Allen's skill set better anyway, so all things being equal, uh, I would give Allen a little bit of an edge, and, and he does have, I think, a little bit more job security, so... Allen to me would actually be a, a better choice. And Trumbo was a, a standard mixed league guy to a lot
1: of people, but I think that's he's gonna be a disappointment. Again, I think it depends how you measure job security. Trumbo's going to get at bats. They're not just gonna say they're not just gonna throw him to the bench right. and say, okay, maybe when someone gets injured, he's he's definitely gonna be around all year. When Allen he could lose his job mid April. So I think I'd still go with Trumbo for that reason, although I'm not especially high on him either. If I had my choice in an AL-only league, I'm thinking definitely Trumbo. All
0: right. Well, you'll have your choice tonight in a mixed league. I don't think it'll come into play. <laughs> News and notes. First, uh, an email from David. I guess kind of missed this yesterday. I haven't heard much about the closer role for the Dodgers. I know it was announced that Guerra will start the season as a closer. If Guerra pitches well, is it possible Jansen still sta- still takes over as the closer at some point?
1: I, I think if Guerra pitches well... There is no chance Jansen takes over a closer. No chance. I, obviously, Guerra pitched great last year. Mattingly expressed his complete confidence coming into spring training. Jansen's the better pitcher. I'll, I'll grant that. But Guerra has to lose the job, I think, at this point. And if he pitches well, obviously he's not losing the job. So I, I favor him in fantasy to Jansen right now. And I still don't because while you said is
2: absolutely right, if he pitches well, he won't lose the job. Mat- Mattingly clearly believes in him. I think at some point he's not going to pitch well. So um, you know, and certainly in a deeper league, I would uh, put my money on Jansen first.
0: Thornton or Guerra?
2: Uh, Guerra. Okay.
0: Now let's go on to
2: some that notes here. Says something about what I think about Thornton.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Braves third baseman Chipper Jones. Had knee surgery. He's looking to return April 13th. Keep an eye on that one. Staying with the Braves and Tyler Pastor Nicky is hitting better. Trying to win that job over Andrelton Simmons. Do we feel confident that he's going to be the opening day shortstop?
1: I wouldn't say I feel confident, but I think uh, I'd still give him greater than a 50% chance at this point. Still just an L-only guy.
0: Are we worried about Logan Morrison,
2: who's having knee issues al we are uh I expressed that concern when I was reading through some of our uh news updates this morning and uh just you know not even thinking just sort of blurted out, oh my god lomo <laughs> uh so I'm, I no. am <laughs> I am uh, concerned because uh he definitely seems to be getting deeper and deeper into a pattern of uh some injury proneness and slow recovery and um yeah uh. You know, there's nothing specific to hang my hat on there, but I just don't like
1: the pattern. And this is the opposite knee from the one he had surgery on. He needed help off the field. That to me is a little scary, but obviously we got to wait to find out more before we change our assessment of him heading into the season. Indians closer Chris Perez, will he be ready for opening day? I think he will be. Uh, Two minor league appearances already. He should pitch in a Cactus League game Wednesday. And considering he's going to be a guy who works one-inning stints, I think he'll have enough time there to get ready for the season. Orioles
0: second baseman Brian Roberts will start the season on the DL. Do you have any hope for him ever? Ever. (laughs)
2: I wouldn't say never ever, but um, not for this year. I haven't even considered drafting him, uh, even in AL only leagues. I I think, in in fact, there have been AL only leagues where he has gone entirely undrafted. So, um, you know, there's some sleeper potential there, but I don't see anybody, including myself, uh, trying to to mine that.
0: Never ever say never ever. You ever see McGroover? Unfortunately, no. Great movie. You should see it. Underrated. Um, We'll be quoting it. If you watch it. Okay, anyway. Um, Five-third baseman that we haven't talked too much about. And then we'll get into Scott's injury-risk sleepers. And then we'll look at the Roto draft and we'll get further into that. Uh,
1: Philadelphia's Placido Polanco. What do you think? I think uh, it, it's kind of strange how nobody's talked about him. And I'm in this kind of the same category. I got him for $2 in an NL-only auction. And I, I'm not happy about it. I, I wish he wasn't there blocking a spot for someone else. But... The fact of the matter is, he was a mixed league viable guy at the beginning of last season, and nothing's really changed except he's gotten older. Um, you know, battled some injuries last year, but that goes along with age. Obviously, the Phillies are going to have to rely on him because everyone else is out. So maybe, uh, maybe he is a little underrated. It's hard to get excited about him, but at some point, I, I could see him getting scooped off the waiver wire in mixed leagues. Boston's Mike Avila's.
2: Yeah, I've I've liked him for a few years, but it seems like he's still in that same holding pattern of where he just can't quite get his uh nails into uh a, a permanent starting job because uh somewhere in the middle of spring training uh, Jose Iglesias really came on as a serious candidate to be uh, the starting start short, starting shortstop in Boston, easy for me to say. <laughs> um so, you know, I think he's just where he's always been, which is a guy with a nice bat for somebody who's shortstop eligible, um, could thrive in
0: full-time play, but no guarantees he'll get it. Until you get hurt, right? Exactly. Uh,
1: St. Louis' is David Fries. Well, he's hitting two three home runs this spring. I mean, we know he's going to hit, obviously, coming off the postseason. Even in the regular season, he's almost a career three hundred hitter in the majors. The problem is hasn't stayed healthy for th- even 350 at-bats yet. So kind of the definition of an injury-risk sleeper here. I like him late in mixed leagues if he miss out on uh, the top third baseman. But a name to keep in mind in deeper formats in case Freeze does suffer the inevitable injury. Matt Carpenter has had a good spring for the Cardinals, hitting three sixty four, four forty on base percentage, a homer, and two steals. Looks like he's going to make the roster. Uh, can play a few positions, third base being one of them. Pedro Alvarez, the Pirates
0: are sticking with him, even though he's had a terrible spring. Do you have any hope for him, Al? Slim. Slim. I won't say, and
2: we'll never ever say never ever. <laughs> but um, yeah, not a lot of hope right now. I haven't written Alvarez off, but really what I'm backing this up with is that, I, I, like I said with Brian Roberts, I really didn't pursue Alvarez in even the deepest of formats this spring. So I think there's still some potential there. He showed it in his rookie season, but uh, he's got a long way to come back
0: you see, already quoting the movie, Al. Yeah, know, I haven't even see seen it. it. Wait till I see it. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, all right, and Cleveland's Jack Hanahan. What's going on with him and
1: Lonnie Chisenhall? I think he's probably going to be the Indians starting third baseman with Chisenhall spending some time in the minors. I don't really think it'll last long because uh, I'm kind of surprised they're going this route. Hanahan just doesn't profile as an everyday guy. They've He's tried it several times and it's never worked, so... Uh, I'm thinking just low-end AL a only guy. And Chisenhall. you know, at least
0: for a while, getting drafted in mixed leagues. Hanahan not getting drafted. So I guess that's an upside play. So the five guys we talked about, Polanco, Avilas, Freeze, Alvarez, Hanahan.
1: Give me your top two, Al. Uh, Freeze and Polanco. Scotty? I have to go the same way, even though it feels kind of weird saying Polanco over Alvarez. You know, I, I might... Yeah. Yeah. Let's stick with freeze Polanco. (laughs) Okay. Uh, injury risk sleepers.
0: So this column up on the website now, what's the basis behind this, Scott?
1: The basis is, um, a lot of people, a lot of players tend to fall in drafts because they're known as injury risks, either specific injuries they're dealing with right now, or just a history of injuries. Um, you know, there's a lot of types I, I avoid because of that myself, but There's some who I think fall to such a point that there are values, and, and I do like to draft those types. All right, I'm going to try to focus on the
0: ones that either we haven't talked too much about throughout the spring or guys that we should probably update our listeners about. And if you've already drafted, I still think there's value in this because if you own these guys or you want to own these guys and you're thinking about making trades, you know, I've never been one to make a trade before the season starts, but I know a lot of people do. Um, You know, just stuff to keep in mind about these players. So um, so I'll read some of the lists. Josh Johnson, Jason Hayward, Ryan Howard, and I'll stop right there. And That's the first guy I'm going to talk about. Ryan Howard, um, what what do you think about him now?
1: The key for him is he's falling to the 12th round range now. And, And by the 12th round, you're drafting guys who you could cut. By the end of the first month of the season, it's just you just really don't know how it's going to play out there at the beginning. You're not so attached to them that they're they're part of the foundation of your team. So I think, um, you know, depending on what's there, obviously, he's worth drafting and stashing at that point. Now that they've cleared out the infection with that second surgery, uh, he seems to be making quick progress again. And I could see him being back by mid-May, early June's more likely, but mid-May is possible. Okay, so that's Ryan Howard, uh, Carlos
0: Belchon, Kendry Morales, Al, Tim Hudson going in the 14th round in head-to-head league, 17th round in Roto.
2: Yeah, and actually it's a little surprising that he's going earlier, you said earlier in head-to-head. I mean, I guess not, because I'm thinking of the innings issue with him, but then he's not a strikeout pitcher, so uh, I'm going to retract uh, what I was... Uh, take about, it on back. Just take, retract what I didn't even say. Every pitcher seems to go early in head-to-head leagues, too, I've noticed, so... Yeah. So, but, you know, that said, I mean, 14th may be a little bit early because he's going to miss at least a month. And, you know, innings really matter a lot in head-to-head. But generally, he does have a little more value there uh, when he does give you innings because even though he's not a big strikeout guy, he'll help you with ERA and whip. And, and uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he comes back probably sometime in May and if he is the same old Tim Hudson. But,
1: um, you know, he I, I, I actually think that's just a little bit early for well, him. Well, part of the assumption... Um, on guys like Howard and Hudson, who are sure to begin the season on the d l is that you have d l spots if you have to stash this guy on your bench or if you have to certainly if you have to put him in your lineup yeah that might change my tune a little bit, but if, if he 's just a guy who 's not going to interfere with anything else I have going on i, I don 't think it hurts for players with this kind of upside to again invest a pick that you 're very likely to end up wasting anyway. Sure. Okay. Uh, Sam, or
0: Minnesota starting pitcher Francisco Liriano. We talked a lot about him. David Fries, we just spoke about. Houston Street, Padres closer. 15th round in Roto. Head-to-head, 19th round. All right, Scott, go. Houston Street.
1: Yeah, the last couple years, he's had trouble staying healthy. But I think it's like three out of seven years in his career, he's he's pitched less than 60 innings, which is actually less of an um, injury track record than than I thought. I I thought he was injured more consistently than that. And the the biggest thing I like about Street this season is, now that he's with the Padres, a low-scoring team in a great pitcher's park, it's going to be a ton of close games there. We saw it with Heath Bell the last three years, a consistent 40-save guy. Uh, Assuming Street saves... Stays healthy, I expect a career high in saves for him this year, and even if he doesn't, he's going to be accumulating saves at a career high pace so either way, I think he's a great choice as a cheap number two reliever. okay, let me
0: get out my list here so we can do the the comparisons. Houston
1: Street or Brandon League. I'll still take league over him, but they're they're two of my favorites in the the late rounds there. And I'll take Street
2: because I'd like the upside if he can stay healthy.
0: Uh, Kyle Farnsworth, Al, or Houston Street?
2: See, there I'll go Farnsworth because I do worry less about an injury history with uh,
1: with Farnsworth. Kimbrough I, or Street? Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Farnsworth or Street. Farnsworth or Street. Um, that's close to me. I've never been a, in a position where I had to draft Farnsworth because someone always took him before the leagues and streets of the world. That was probably me. Yeah. So uh <laughs> I guess I'd take Farnsworth, but it's it's kind of a toss up to me.
0: Moving on down the list, you know Escobar's on this list, Jed Lowry, 24th round in head to head, 25th round in Roto, third base and shortstop for Boy, the Astros. Pretty what weird that he's on
1: our haven't talked about him list. <laughs> exactly. That's where I was I going know, with it. Right? Yeah. What a fall from grace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the 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 reason I'm not as high on him this year as last year is because uh he showed with the shoulder injury that pretty much ruined him after a great start last year that these injuries aren't going away with him. So there's there's uh you, you wouldn't want to draft him as a starting shortstop like I did in some cases last year. But that being said, obviously with a with a last round pick is is a backup shortstop somebody who could step in if you if you went with a d gordon or eric Ibar bar type in the in the middle to late rounds of the draft as as your starter somebody who could step in if they falter Low, lowry's having a great spring looks healthy again after the shoulder injury uh sapped him of his power last year and still has all the same potential i talked about last year um good walk rate good power for a shortstop. um an 800, 850 OPS guy, potentially, if he stays healthy. Eric Bedard, Jose Reyes, David Wright. Reyes
0: and Wright, Al, they're going oh, about a round apart in Roto, two rounds apart in, in head-to-head with Reyes going ahead. Who's, who do you think is a bigger risk? Uh, Reyes
2: or David Wright? I still think Wright is. Um, and granted, he's back to playing um, sooner than I would have envisioned, maybe a week and a half ago. But I just, I still worry that with the type of um, injury that he has uh, with the abdominal tear, that, um, you know, this is something that, you know, he might be fine now, but maybe mid April, May, uh, you know, we're hearing about it again and not in a good way. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, Reyes is something of a chronic injury risk. So I don't mean to downplay that, but it also relative to the position, I'm willing to settle for 140 games of Jose Reyes versus the you know the unknowns of the Starlin Castro's and Asdrubal Cabreras. Um, so I just think that Wright, when you have so many really good third base
1: options, uh, that uh, he's he's a riskier play. What do you think, Scott? I think Wright's riskier. Um, I, I should point out that. This starting with this race right on the list is where the column transition to injury risk sleepers. I wouldn't want because they're still going earlier than I feel like I can trust them. Um, Since we learned yesterday that you just look at the names without actually reading the column. (laughs) Got to put that out there. Um, So, yeah, right. Right is riskier of the two. I still want to go with race and as as a second round pick uh, because, you know, the, talking about the studs of your team, I want guys I can trust to play a full hundred fifty games at least, and Reyes just isn't going to do that.
0: So you wouldn't want either Josh Beckett or Tommy Hansen in the eighth round. I would not. But that's just because of Scott's, you know, ideological bias
1: against pitching. Well, in I in mean, general. <laughs> eighth round is, is about is I'm I'm pretty much going head pitching all the way at that point, and uh, I feel like guys like Ricky Romero, Madison Bumgarner, um Matt Latos still seemed to be available. I at feel that pretty
0: point. safe saying Bumgarner is not going to last the, to the eighth round in the podcast league tonight. Yeah, <laughs> no that's, that's probably a good assumption. Yeah, uh, and last guy here, Chase Utley, Al seventh round in Roto, eighth round in Head to Head. Scott would not want him,
2: and, and I absolutely wouldn't either. And I'm thinking back to a couple weeks back when we did our rankings comparisons, and I actually was lower on Utley than Scott was, which really shocked me because I know that Scott's not not the biggest fan. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's just, his situation is not good. It's unclear. And, um, you know, you have better second base options available. So I, I would wait probably well past the seventh or eighth round, uh, to even consider drafting Utley.
0: To the Roto draft. And we did the first five rounds yesterday. Al was sitting that one out. So Al, welcome to the Roto draft. It's great to be here. But you were in. uh, I was in the draft. I just wasn't there for the first rehash. What did you have? The ninth pick? Overall, yes. Yes it did. I did. You took Adrian Gonzalez. So, okay. Uh, round 6, what we did was I read the round results. We did best and worst pick. Round 6 uh, and we and if you missed yesterday's show, there was a run on catchers in round 5. Four of them went Maurer, Weeters, Miguel Montero, Buster Posey. So, here we go with round 6. Jesus Montero, Shin Su Chu, Michael Morse, Jimmy Rollins, Dan Heron. Emilio Bonifacio, Desmond Jennings, Craig Kimbrell, Hunter Pence, Giovanni Gallardo, Paul Canerco, Howard Kendrick, Jesus Montero, Shinsu Chu, Michael Morse, Jimmy Rollins, Heron Bonifacio, Desmond Jennings, Kimbrell, Pence, Gallardo, Canerco, Howard Kendrick. Al, best pick of round six?
2: I would say the guy that really stands out to me is Chu, because um, I think he could go earlier. Um, that, and actually, well, yeah, I would say that's the best pick. And then Honorable mentions uh, Gallardo late in the sixth round I think is a nice value. And uh, if if I like Chu, then I think I also have to like Jennings in the middle of the
1: sixth round.
0: Scott, I
2: pick? think
1: Dan Heron in the sixth round is the best pick for me because he's a top 12 guy or just outside. It's certainly capable of performing like a top 12 guy. And although I don't like to go for a pitcher as early as round six – you know, if he falls that far, that's a good deal. <laughs>
0: we, we got to get Adam of Morin here because this was the third catcher he. I took. know what that's, happened. That's we kind
1: of <laughs> made reference to that on yesterday's show and then didn't actually get around to talking about it. Um, uh, he like, can play. He took Santana, uh, McCann, McCann, and and Jesus Montero. So obviously Santana. Ends up being a first baseman for him. Yeah. Not not an approach I'd recommend. Yeah, because he ended but... <laughs> up taking Santana
0: first in the second round, first yeah. overall, thirteenth overall. He's
1: he's responsible for this entire catcher run. Maybe Since it was he took all little... of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe it was a mind game thing he had going on. I guess I don't know.
0: so. Um, well, I'm going to go ahead and call that the worst pick of round six. Um, but yeah, but only because the team. Only because of his team. So independent <laughs> well, of that, who's the worst pick of round six?
1: I'd still say it's Jesus Montero because I, I, he's a guy player I like a lot. But as a fallback, as, as the guy you wait on instead of going after the Joe Mowers and Matt Weeters of the world, uh, you can usually get Montero even in a, league with, a two-catcher league like this in round nine or ten. So I have to call that the worst pick even in the context of the draft. Don't really like Howard Kendrick in the sixth round either. That seems like a reach. Um, I, would, I would imagine second baseman I like better went after him. Phillip, Brandon Phillips went in round eight. Dan Euglin in round eight. Yeah, I don't know why Kendrick was going in round six. Al? Uh, yeah, I'm going to back up a few inches
2: from Scott here. Emilio Bonifacio, for me, it's, it's just <laughs> too, much, too much of a reach there. And uh, I actually like Andrews better, and Andrews went late in the following round. Um, and he certainly could have waited. I mean, and it's nothing against Bonifacio. It's just clearly, especially the way that things played out in the following rounds. Yeah, yeah. You you could have waited two, three, maybe four rounds. Well, hey. To get
0: him, let's go to round seven then. Matt Kane, Nelson Cruz, Stephen Strasburg, Ian Kennedy, Carl Crawford, Alex Gordon, Brett Gardner, Ichiro, Chris Young, Elvis Andrews, John Lester, Michael Kadire. Kane, Cruz, Strasburg, Kennedy, Crawford, Gordon, Gardner, Suzuki, or Ichiro Suzuki, Chris Young, Andrews, Lester, Kadire, Scott, worst or best pick?
1: Well, if I went with Heron last round, I have to go with Ian Kennedy here. And it feels kind of strange to do that because I'm one of the guys who passed on Ian Kennedy. I went Alex Gordon instead. Um, and if I had it to do over again, I'd do it over again. But... <laughs> From a pure value standpoint, a true ace like Kennedy in round seven is is a great deal. Um, yeah, I, I I guess that's pretty much all I have to say about that.
0: And best pick for you?
1: Yeah, Kennedy. He really stands
2: out here. Just does not belong in round seven. So he nice. went
0: behind Strasburg. Who would you rather have?
2: Kennedy okay. and Strasburg actually for me is a candidate for worst pick. Um, not a terrible pick, but um, yeah, I would much rather have Kennedy.
1: Okay, worst pick for you, Scott. Uh, let's go with Michael Kadire in the seventh round. I I think he's overvalued as like a tenth round type because he's not a consistent source of power. Uh, he's getting to be an injury risk at age thirty three. I think he is. Uh, so uh, there there's a lot of outfielders I'd rather have than Kadire. Andre Ethier, who went with the very next pick, uh, I think is is a better upside guy. Even I'd even take BJ Upton and uh um even even Nick Marcakis, who went in round nine, I'd take over. Well we're on to round eight.
0: Andre Ethier, Josh Johnson, Brandon Phillips, Dan Ugla, Josh Beckett, Ricky Weeks, CJ Wilson, Chase Utley, BJ Upton, Jamile Weeks, David Ortiz, and Matt Latos. Ethier, Josh Johnson, Brandon Phillips, Ugla, Beckett, Ricky Weeks. C.J. Wilson, Utley, B.J. Upton, Jamile Weeks, David Ortiz, and Matt Latos. A run on Weeks. And who's the best pick of <laughs> round eight, Al? That's
1: strange. They're both going in the same round. That is, yeah. Which, well, maybe that means Jamile's the worst pick. Or maybe Ricky's the best. I don't know. But maybe. I
2: think the best pick is Josh Johnson here because even though um, a lot of people are worried about his injury history, and last year in particular, he hasn't really been sliding this far in most drafts. Sixth round even fifth round in some drafts. So to get him in the eighth round, a guy who could be an ace, I think could be Cy Young. uh, I think that's, that's a
1: phenomenal pick. Uh, There's a couple picks I like here. CJ Wilson is, is close enough to being a true ace that in the eighth round, I like that. Uh, But just to get off the, the pitcher trend I have going on here, (laughs) I'll say Dan Ugla, who was Al Melchior's pick. Um, 30 homer, assured 30-homer guys are pretty hard to find this year after the first three rounds. So to get a middle infielder assured 30-homer guy as late as this is uh, is a really good move, I think.
2: Worst and, pick. Outside. And I must have
1: been very certain about it because we have the
0: elapsed time here
2: yeah. on this, uh, and I, it took me three seconds to pick Ugla. <laughs> well, so I must have felt pretty good about that.
0: Very nice. And you know what, Jamal Weeks went in seven seconds. So <laughs> I guess Jeff Lippman was pretty
1: certain about that. Worst pick, Scott? Uh, Let's, well... Chase Utley, I, I I have to say him, but um the the latest about his knee and him missing the start of the season yeah, wasn't yeah. out then. So, uh, so we'll eliminate him on a technicality. And, and I'll go with Jamiah Weeks, who is probably the— it's between him and Ackley, who's the next best second baseman after that uh, Phillips-Ugla-Ricky Weeks group. But to take them in the same round is, is just a reach. I would rather wait and take whichever the two falls to me or— or, and if they still go too early, I'd fall back on Neil Walker, Ryan Roberts, somebody like that. And Just no need to reach for those guys. Where's pick, Al? Uh, I think it's Utley by
2: far. I don't even call it a technicality. Yeah. Um, and I don't I don't dislike the Jamile Weeks pick that much, if anything. I think it does say that Weeks was a pretty good value pick in the middle of the eighth round. Uh, R- Ricky, Ricky Weeks. Weeks. Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> Ricky Weeks. Um, so, yeah, Utley to me really stands out. Uh, I wouldn't say it's Jamile Weeks. And I'm looking at the other picks and yeah
0: i really think it was a pretty good round on the whole all right round nine was round nine a good round martin prado madison bumgarner that's my boy nick marcakis third russell martin aramis ramirez ricky romero you darvish billy butler michael Pineda, mark reynolds adam jones and dustin ackley prado bumgarner marcakis russell martin Aramis Ramirez, Romero, Darvish, Butler, Pineda, Mark Reynolds, Adam Jones, and Ackley. Ooh, wow, that Michael Paneda pick's looking a little scary right now. I don't know. I
2: just I disagree. I think he'll be fine.
0: Okay. I, I hope he's in the rotation. Yeah, <laughs> I just
2: I don't know. Maybe it's Pollyanna of me. I just can't imagine that they're gonna keep him out.
0: Uh all right, who's the best pick for so, you in
2: round nine? Best pick. Um well Scott's pick Romero, I like a lot. Uh, of uh Ricky
1: <laughs> You don't even like Ricky Romero. Well in the ninth round I do. Alright. Bum- Lucky uh, me. Bum Garner. <laughs> and Bum you know what though <laughs> It's Bum Garner. Yeah. It is it Bum is, It yeah. is Bum Garner. And this this is the point where well really last round uh where we had uh, CJ Wilson, Matt Latos go is the point where I like to go after pitchers because I think all of these guys have ace potential and so to get them at this point, even though it's it's Probably the appropriate stage to draft them. Uh, you're gonna get the most bang for your buck that way. Bum Garner, who, aside from win loss record, pretty much was an ace last year, is is definitely one of those guys. And worst pick, Scott. Martin Prado, who went right before Bumgarner. I like Prado as a potential bounce back candidate, but you're you're talking about a guy who's gonna max out at fifteen homers, no steals. Um to to draft him ahead of guys like Aramis Ramirez, Mark Reynolds, it really doesn't make sense to me. A hundred
2: percent in agreement there. You know it's funny because you say yeah, Scott says I don't like Romero, and I too like Prado. So it's all relative to the the value that you get, and this is just not good value for Prado. You could have waited a lot lot longer.
0: All right, round ten: Jason Worth, Adam Wainwright, Matt Garza, Corey Hart. Cameron Mabin, Jason Hayward, Daniel Hudson, Derek Jeter, John Axford, Matt Moore, Yadier Molina, Austin Jackson. Worth, Wainwright, Garza, Hart, Mabin, uh, Hayward, Hudson, Daniel Hudson, uh, Jeter, Axford, Matt Moore, Yadier Molina, Austin Jackson. I'll kick it off. Best pick. Best pick. Hey, see, I was focusing
2: on the, the bad ones. I um,
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. guess there's a
2: lot, huh? So, yeah, I, I, I thought so. But, um, you know, I, I like Wayne Wright for the same reasons that I like Johnson two rounds earlier. Um, the pitching picks in here are generally pretty good. Uh, Daniel Hudson also stands out as a very good pick uh, in the 10th round.
1: So I'd say he's probably the best one. Okay. That's my best one, too. Daniel Hudson? Yeah. And what's your worst uh, I, think you,
0: I think you like the. I think you think the Jeter pick
1: is the worst. Oh, I've got different candidates. Let's, no, let's see there's. Right. I looking at it. There's a lot of candidates here. <laughs> uh, you could go Mabin. You could go Austin Jackson. Ah, there we go. You could go Yadier <laughs> Molina in the 10th round. After that catcher run, he's more of a 15th round guy. But Austin Jackson is my number one pick I because knew it. he's not going to be an elite source of steals, and I think he's going to hurt you in batting average. I yeah, know there's was... upside, but. That was round. dumb
0: of me, Al. I should have known he was going off to Jackson. <laughs> How about you? Uh,
2: Yeah, and I do like Jackson, especially uh, compared to Scott, but I think it's a little bit of a reach for him there. But to me, that's not as bad as the Mabin pick. So I think that
1: was the biggest uh, yeah. biggest reach uh, in the round. See, I don't understand that. Mabin stole like 40 bases last year. I, It's a reach. I, I agree with that, but at least you can trust he's going to be a— asset in a category when jackson it, you can't yeah well then that's where
2: i mean it's a level of trust i trust jackson to produce last season aside a good batting average i think he's going to give you some decent power this year um and great, it's speculative but it's the same thing with maven it's very speculative and it's speculative in every category outside of the steals where i just think that jackson will bring more to the plate in, in those other categories. And he's, and he's certainly not going to hurt you in steals. So, you know, I worry about Maven being too one-dimensional.
0: Okay. Then we go to the emails. fantasy baseball at CBSInteractive.com. And we start with Mike in Detroit, who calls us, Dear Fantasy Baseball's NASA, Nando, Adam, Scott, and Nell. Very good. Pretty that a, clever.
1: That's a great acronym.
0: Uh, thanks to the Scott White pitching strategy, I was able to draft Tulo, Adrian Gonzalez, Justin Upton, and Beltray. This is a 10-team head-to-head points league. While loading up on potential aces such as Bumgarner, Josh Johnson, Gallardo, Anibal Sanchez, and Brandon Beach. Oh, I love
1: it. Very love well it. played.
0: Very well played. Yeah. See,
1: this is the way to do it. Sometimes I get emails from people saying, I, I, I waited on pitching like you said, and I ended up with... um." What's a good example? Doug Pfister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ended up with Doug Fister as my ace. Well, I, I never told you to wait that long. <laughs> come on. Uh, but Mike's problem is his outfield
0: is thin. He has Crawford and Corey Hart. Sh- he's worried about the injuries there. Uh, Corey Hart shouldn't be out long, right? Right. I mean, he might miss opening day, but he's not going to be out long. So don't be too worried, Mike. Anyway, the question is, should I drop Morneau or Brennan Bosch <laughs> for Logan Morrison or Dexter Fowler? Again, 10-team head-to-head points league.
1: I would drop both for both in a points league um, because Morrison and Fowler get you the walks that bosch doesn't and more i've I just don 't have much hope for him obviously if if something comes out about Morrison and he has he needs knee surgery or something that changes it, but for now that 's what i 'm saying all right Mac says i 'm in a hardcore twenty fourteen dynasty
0: league and Angels fireballer Garrett Richards was recently dropped. I have an open roster spot right now because I place Erodis Viscaino on the DL. Um, head-to-head points league, pitchers are quite valuable. Adding another top prospect is intriguing. I currently have the third waiver claim, which you put in a claim for Garrett Richards, Al. I mean He's not my favorite uh, pitching prospect,
2: but the Angels are, are a bit thin at the back of the rotation. Obviously not in the front and the middle, but um, hmm. sure. I mean, it's really hard to judge it without knowing who the other... Uh, Prospects are available, but um, I can't really make an argument why not.
0: Reggie and Charlotte, three of my four leagues use holds as a category. Can you give me a quick sleepers, breakouts, and busts for the setup men in the pen? Of the top ten from 2010, four guys repeated in 2011, Venters, Bard, Adams, and Benoit. Of the top ten from 2011, who do you see as repeats for 2012? All right, so just throw out some names here.
1: Uh, Tyler Clippard, I think, is... Guaranteed if he stays healthy, Johnny Venters also, David Robertson. Um, Then I have to go down a little further on the list. Uh, I could see Jose Veras having another good year for holds. He's going to be kind of the secondary. Well, okay, Francisco Rodriguez is going to get a lot of holds for Milwaukee for Mm -hmm. sure. Uh, So let's put him ahead of Veras. Uh, But Varis could be there. O'Flaherty could be there. If you're kind of looking at non-eighth-inning setup men, guys, uh, they should still pitch in enough seventh-inning situations to pile up the holds. Um, I like Vinny Pestano on this list. If something goes wrong with Perez, he'll be getting saves, too. So that's always good. David Hernandez for the Diamondbacks. You're already pretty far down the list. Yeah. This is really I, one where I would just look at last year's stats. Right? Well, for, with exceptions, obviously I skipped Sean Marshall because he might be closing. I skipped Daniel Bard because he might be starting, although it's looking less likely. I skipped um, I skipped Balfour because he's closing. You know, situations like that would uh, would affect the order. For the most part, though, you're you're looking at the eighth inning guys um, or really good seventh inning guys who are. Or who you trust to uh, to keep that role all year? All right. Yeah, I think you know maybe the
2: trick here because as we go down the list, pretty deep, fifteen, twenty guys, and these are all you know proven relievers who should give you good stats and and should you know get the holds. But it's the guys that come out of nowhere. Um, and you know, maybe, well, it's not exactly out of nowhere, but you know, in Boston, you know, Melanson, there are, there
1: are a lot of guys who come out of nowhere.
2: Every yeah. Year. And, yeah. And then there are, you know, somebody like maybe Michael Stutes, um, who I don't think is anywhere on this list. Uh, you look at the Phillies situation, I could see him getting a lot of holds. Um, you know, if I really thought about it, we could probably come up with a, a list. I mean, yeah. there's a
0: lot that is the, the email says, I, I mean, mean, this has got to be a deep, deep position, right? Yes. It's that you don't have to be an eighth inning guy to get holds. That's right. Holds are a stupid stat, <laughs> in my opinion. So, um, unless
1: you're playing in—well, it's a stupid stat anyway, yeah.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, you can only get one save in a game, right. but multiple guys can get holds. I could,
1: I could understand counting it if you play in a really deep league and you just don't want somebody to fall so behind in the category—in a category like saves where there's just not enough to go around— but in a standard league, it's it's stupid to count it, I think.
0: I don't even mean it's stupid from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. I no, mean, I know it's From a major mean. leagues perspective. It's, it's almost like they wanted to to be able to quantify how valuable some guys were, but you never really hear about a middle reliever going on the market and somebody says, well, he was third in holds.
1: It's probably used in arbitration cases. Could be. Um, and maybe that's why it was invented, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's kind of stupid. Really, when you get down to it, saves is kind of stupid. I mean, it's I disagree. It's, a, it's a stat that is um it, it's it's a measurement of a role more than a measurement of a performance in that role, and that I, I don't I don't think that's a good stat. <laughs>
0: I like saves, Al. I, I bet you think saves I, are
2: overrated. Yeah, they are, and I I agree with Scott says. And plus, I mean, there's a lot of leeway there. You can you can pitch lousy and uh, crank up a lot of saves if you come in with, you know, two-run leads, three-run leads. Um,
0: yeah, well, I mean, I think you have to look at ERA and whip and all that stuff and strikeouts, too, yeah. but I think I, saves I, are important. Well, here,
2: here's, here's the case. Jose Valverde, not a bad reliever, but, you know, not the best he reliever. He gets the job
0: done. But I think people realize that even though he puts up huge save totals, he's not the best closer. Okay, but then that's kind of the point. is that Right, you, saves in, the, in and of itself, not the yeah. best stat. But still I don't well I I don't know if I love Save so much, but I I believe that not anybody can just step into the ninth inning and be a closer. And I know a lot of people think that it's just you can it's overrated, anybody can do it, all you're doing is getting three outs at the end of the game. I think there's a little bit more to it than that. I think there's a little more to it. Yeah, too. it's not it's yeah. not a lot more to it actually. It
2: is overrated, doesn't mean that it's completely meaningless, but you know, that's the stat that gets associated with yeah. closers. And, you know, Francisco Cordero is another good example. I mean, if it were just based on saves, he'd be yeah. one of the great uh, relievers of the last five, six years. And but yeah, is, but not. we're
0: getting smarter in that we don't look at Cordero or Valverde as the best closers, you know. Yeah. But, but they still have done a good job, but I don't think anybody would want them with the ball in the ninth inning of game seven. They just, they're just scary like that. All right, last question. Scott from Dallas. Letos, Darvish, Garza, Gio Gonzalez, Beachy, Irvin Santana. How would you rank the best of the starting pitchers? Latos, Darvish, Garza, Gio Gonzalez, Beachy,
1: Santana. I would go Letos Darvish, Garza, uh, Gio Gonzalez, Irvin Santana, Brandon Beachy.
0: I thought you were just going to read the, the list in order. <laughs> Switch the
2: the end. Yeah, we had some difference. I start with uh, Latos, but then I go Garza second, then Beachy, then Sant- Santana, then Darvish, then Gio.
0: Whoa! Not
1: willing to gamble on Darvish. You got it. I mean, highest upside. A of the, of,
0: highest was, upside of the group. Was that a no pun? Question. You got it. Was that a pun?
1: No, I wish it was.
0: Ah, well, all to right. To me, it was. Sure, it was. <laughs> yeah, I meant that. All right, so you say highest upside, but you're not willing to. To gamble on Darvish.
1: I don't yeah. think Beachy's going to get 180 innings. I, if I did, I could see myself ranking him a lot higher on this list, but he was like 140 last year, and uh, I think twice pitched beyond six innings or something stupid like that. That's not to say it'll be the case over his entire career, but there's there's more he needs to show me before I can... Mix them in with this group. have right,
0: one little story before we sign off here. So I'm doing that crazy 20-team league, and every time I go up for a pick, I ask one of you or Nando for help. <laughs> Yesterday I had to call Al because Scott and Nando were in a meeting, so I had to call Al and get his <laughs> advice from home. Um, anyway, we had one starting pitcher spot left. I was We were g- going to use it on an upside guy, and Jamie – eisenberg drafted for me i called him and we talked about it and he made the pick and i told him to go with drew pomeranz over blake bevin because i said pomeranz to me could be this year's michael pineda and what i meant was late round guy that has a really good rookie year whatever maybe you sell high on him late um but he could be that guy and so he's thinking mariners so he takes bevin over pomeranz thinking that's oh what i meant gosh. by Kenny pineda <laughs> and i'm so Man, like, how do you make that mistake? And he blames me, of course. <laughs> so, huge mistake there. You guys would have taken Pomerantz. Oh, yeah, been, yeah right? absolutely. Yeah. So, man, he went like four I'll picks later. I don't know what he was thinking. That would have been the second-to-last pick, maybe third-to-last pick in a 20-team league. I mean, that would have been such a great pick.
1: It would have been. He
0: ruined fantasy baseball for me.
1: <laughs> Never share a team with Jamie no, Eisenberg. I'm an idiot. Never All share right. a team with anybody. I don't even understand how you do that. Why not just take your own team?
0: Uh, just a little less pressure.
1: Is there really? Yeah. I Has think there so. been less grief in this <laughs> draft than grief, there would have been? No, but
0: less pressure. Because uh, I, I don't trust know. Jamie, although I don't trust him anymore. If I think, <laughs> think about Bevin over Pomerantz. We're done here. We'll talk to you all tomorrow, and tomorrow's opening day, kind of, sorta. So uh, we'll see you later, and enjoy the baseball.